It all happened on November 16th, 2019, prom night. I had just recently got my driver's license a week before and wanted to impress my prom date, Jessica. I decided to take her to a drive-in movie after the dance. It was a great opportunity for us to be alone and for me to make a move. I had bought tickets to a drive-in theater I found on Google, but for some reason, it didn't have any reviews yet. The pictures on Google made it look really nice though. It was only about a 20 minute drive from the school, so it seemed like a great option, but I was wrong. Prom ended at 11 and the movie started at 11.30, so we had plenty of time to make it. We drove straight there after the dance. When we arrived, I noticed it didn't look anything like the pictures I saw online. I figured it was because it was dark out and it probably looked different at night. But then I realized there was only one other car parked there. It was around 11.15 when we arrived, so I figured most of the people were still on their way. Jessica and I ended up making out during that 15 minutes before the movie, which was awesome until we quickly realized that no one else had shown up for the movie. I checked the time, 11.35. The movie was supposed to start at 11.30, but nothing was playing, just a blank screen. Right as I was pulling out my phone to double check the movie time, I heard a car door slam shut behind us. I quickly glanced in my rearview mirror. I saw a man staring right at me in the mirror walking directly towards the car. Hanging from his hand was a thick metal bat. He was dressed in all black and was wearing a ski mask. As I scrambled to turn the car on, I saw him starting to sprint towards the car. I quickly pulled away just in time before possibly getting mugged. Jessica asked, what the hell was that all about? No idea, I replied nervously. I checked my rearview mirror again to find him jumping in his car. He took off right behind us and followed us out. Once we got on the main road, I stepped on it. I was going about 80 in a 45, but didn't care. I wanted to pull away from this freak, but he sped up and got right behind us. About half a mile down the road, there were three cop cars parked on the shoulder with their lights on. I quickly slammed on the brakes and pulled up next to the cops. As I got out of my car, I saw the guy abruptly make a U-turn and floor it in the opposite direction. I ran over to the cops and told them what had just happened. The officer with the Dodge Charger took off after the guy to catch him. I didn't find out until later that night on the news that it had turned into a high-speed chase, but they finally got him to pull over and arrested him. Apparently, this guy was already wanted for kidnapping, but had gotten away last time. Also, the police found out that he created a fake Google listing for the drive-in movie to lure people into his trap. Jessica and I were both extremely shaken afterwards. From now on, I told myself, I'm never going to trust a Google listing that doesn't have reviews. And I suggest you do the same. On prom night my senior year, one of the most horrific and unforgettable things happened to me. About two weeks before prom, most of my friends began asking girls to the dance. Most of them were pretty successful at finding themselves a cute date, except for one my friend, Brian. Brian was a fairly introverted kid and didn't quite have the looks women are attracted to. He was a little overweight, wore glasses, and had a pretty bad case of acne, but he was pretty easy to get along with. I ended up making friends with him during my senior year. About a week before prom, 
I saw Brian waiting outside of the school while everyone was headed home for the day. He was holding up a sign that read, Brittany, will you go to prom with me? As soon as I saw this, I knew he was going to get rejected. Brittany was one of the hottest cheerleaders at school, so I don't blame him for giving it a shot. But Brian was definitely not her type. I was interested in seeing what would happen, so I waited there until Brittany walked out with her friends. It was obvious to see how nervous Brian was. He looked completely out of his element, but I give him respect for going out of his comfort zone. About five minutes later, Brittany and her friends walked out. Right after Brittany saw Brian with the sign, she immediately looked at her friends. They began laughing hysterically while everyone was watching, and then everyone began joining in. There must have been around a hundred students laughing at Brian as he just stood there. He quickly realized his rejection and bolted out of there. I could totally understand how he felt, but it did not justify what he did on prom night the week after. The next week was prom night. My girlfriend, Brianna, and I had just finished dancing. We decided to walk to the football field behind the school where it was more secluded. At the time, I had only been dating Brianna for about a month and we hadn't even made out yet. So I wanted to change that. We went up onto the bleachers to find a good spot for some alone time. As we were walking up the bleachers, I heard someone running in the distance. The sound came from on the field. I quickly turned my head to check it out, but didn't see anything. Brianna even told me that she heard it, so I knew I wasn't imagining it. We looked on the field for a few minutes to see if anyone was there, but did not see a soul in sight. We went back up the bleachers and ended up making out for a while. I thought to myself, finally, after a month of wimping out, I finally mustered enough courage to make out with her. I was on cloud nine with her when something caught the corner of my eye. It appeared to be someone sitting down at the bottom corner of the bleachers all alone. I told Brianna that I wanted to see who it was to make sure everything was okay. As I walked down, I started to recognize the side of the person's face. It was Brian, just sitting there all alone with his head down. This had me really worried about what he was doing out so late by himself. It was around 12.30 a.m. As I walked closer to him, I noticed he was holding something to his arm. I couldn't quite make out what was going on, so I slowly walked up behind him so that he wouldn't hear me. I was about 10 rows back in the bleachers peeking over his shoulder when I clearly saw what was happening. Absolutely horrific. He was holding a kitchen knife against his arm. Blood was streaming down his arm and hand. Brian, stop! I yelled out. Startled, Brian turned around and said, Don't worry, it's almost over. No one will notice when I'm gone anyways. I quickly jumped on him and knocked the knife out of his hand. I yelled up to Brianna, We need to go to the hospital now! I picked him up and carried him to my truck about 100 yards away. I was afraid he would bleed out, so I ran as fast as I possibly could. I floored all the way to the hospital about five minutes from the school. Brianna tried to stop the bleeding, but it was useless. He passed out on the way. There was blood everywhere. When we arrived, the EMTs grabbed him and began treating the wound immediately, but it was too late. The cuts were too deep, and he had lost too much blood. They kept checking his pulse periodically. After about three minutes, they pronounced him dead, 
right in front of my eyes. This experience has scarred Brianna and I till this very day. It taught me that some people are very good at hiding deep depression in front of others. No one at school had any idea how bad it was, and neither did Brian's parents. The year was 2017. I was in my junior year of high school and had just gotten into a relationship with my first girlfriend, Maddie. She seemed like an amazing girl from first impression, but going to prom night with her that year completely changed my mind. She turned out to be someone entirely different. The crazy part is there were no red flags prior to what happened. Maddie and I ended up having an amazing dinner that night in downtown Denver. From there, we drove straight back to the school for the dance. On the drive back, I noticed Maddie kept turning her head to look in the back seat of my car. It got to the point where it was uncomfortable. The only thing I had back there was my laptop, so I didn't think much about it at the time. Then later that night after the dance, I went to drop her off back at her house. Something about her seemed different now, but I couldn't quite put a finger on it. It wasn't until I got back to my house when I quickly realized both my wallet and laptop were missing from my car. I immediately thought to myself, that bitch. I knew right away she had something to do with it because of how she kept looking at my laptop on the back seat earlier that night. I tried calling her right away, but it went right to voicemail. This would never happen when I tried calling her before. She would almost always answer. I tried five more times, but every one of them went straight to voicemail. At the time, I was using that laptop to run my online business, so I had a bunch of confidential information on there. I immediately assumed the worst and called the local police department. I told them the entire story of what happened that night and that someone had stolen my wallet and laptop out of my car while I was at prom. I stressed to the operator that I had all of my private business information on my laptop and that my ATM card for my bank accounts was in my wallet. The operator told me not to worry and that they would be sure to get a warrant to search Maddie's house for the items. Sure enough, I was dead on. The cops found both my laptop and wallet hidden away in her closet. She had already hacked her way into my laptop somehow and tried multiple attempts at a $5,000 wire transfer from my bank account to hers. My bank thankfully flagged the transaction and she ended up going to court for what she did. I never found out exactly what happened to her after that, but this was by far one of the most sketchy relationships I could have ever possibly had in high school.